Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is misinformation, disinformation, wrong information. Yes, we're going to expose all the misinformation and the disinformation that we've been given throughout society. We are living in Western society, so we're going to specifically deal with Western culture. Now, we are oversaturated, bombarded, and just exposed repeatedly to all types of information. And we're assuming that because the information that we're receiving is from a so-called reliable source, whether it's from someone in the position of authority, someone who considered themselves a specialist or expert, or someone who's authorized to give us that information, like a government entity or a special organization. We just assume that whatever information that we are given is automatically the correct information because it is from these sources. Now, we don't find out till later after we Go ahead on and we use that information to make decisions and then we realize that we made the wrong choice because we really didn't take the time to understand what information we were receiving. So because we did not check our information to make sure that it was the correct information, we end up making a decision that ended up costing us a lot, right? So that's the purpose of us having this discussion today is to make sure that we're able to distinguish between misinformation, disinformation, and the correct information. We have to make sure that we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. Because just because somebody give you something doesn't mean that it's good for you. Again, I'm going to repeat, just because someone is giving you something doesn't mean it's good for you. Just because someone is telling you to do something, it doesn't mean that what they're telling you is the correct information. That's what we want to really get out of this discussion today is that we really have to think before we act upon the information that we receive. So let's just go ahead on and get started. As human beings, we should always strive to make life better. That is our goal. We want to make life better better. We don't want to move backwards. We want to go forward. It should be our goal to engage in activities, behaviors, and lifestyles that promote our overall well-being. That's our goal. No matter what decisions that we are making, we have to keep that in mind. This is how we're going to check if we're making a correct decision. When we get all this information, this is how we check. We're going to ask ourselves question. Is this particular activity, behavior, or lifestyle that's being promoted, is that good for my overall well-being? It may be good in one way, but is it detrimental or is it hurting me in other ways? So these are the questions that we have to ask in order for us to make sure that we're getting the correct information. Now, there are certain standards we should adopt to sustain a healthy state, maintain good balance, achieve stability and security to ensure our survival as individuals as well collectively as a species. We have to make sure that we always keep that balance. We cannot do things that's going to upset the balance of things. Got to keep that in mind. 
Now, there are specific biological needs that must be obtained in order for human life to flourish and grow. If these requirements are not received, human life will be compromised and diminished to a disease state, or should I say dis-ease state. Now, our self-preservation instinct automatically guides us on a physical level to ensure our survival by signaling us to engage in necessary activities. Now, let's look at some of these biological urges that we have. We have the need to eat. We have the hunger signal that, you know, it lets us know it's time to consume food in order for us to gain the proper nutrition that we need to sustain our bodies, right? So we do have certain signals that we get from our biological vessel that lets us know what we have to do to survive. So definitely hunger is one of those signals. Once you get it, you know that, hey, I have to feed the body. The body needs to be fed because it needs energy in order to function. Now, another signal that we get from the body is sleep. Now, this signal informs us that it's time to rest in order to repair and relax the body. The body can't keep going on and on and on and on and on and on. We have to adhere to that signal when it says, hey, you're tired, you're sleepy. You have to listen and go get some rest. If not, you will break down. Physically, you start to break down. And mentally, you start to break down. You start hallucinating, you start seeing things. And of course, your body will fall asleep no matter where you are, whether you're driving, whether you're sitting, whether you're working, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you're going to crash. So when that signal comes in for you to get some sleep, you have no choice. Now fear, fear is a signal that we get from the body. This signal informs us that there's some danger there. There's danger, danger may be near and we must protect ourselves. So the body is sending us signals because it's sensed that there's a danger, there's something around us that's not good for us because people like to focus on, oh, you're afraid of this, you're afraid of that. Like, that's a bad thing. Now, being afraid is not necessarily a bad thing. If you have a fear, it is the body's way of telling you that something is bad for you. Something is no good for your health and your well-being, that you need to go secure yourself. You need to make sure that you're going to be safe because there's danger. We hear people talk about phobias all the time. Majority of the time, people don't understand what a phobia is. A phobia is a irrational fear, a fear that's not based on any type of physical danger. This is something that's in your head. Irrational fear, something that is irrational, something that's illogical, something that makes no sense. But if you are afraid because something is threatening the well-being, the well-being of your being, if something is placing you in danger, danger of becoming extinct, danger of dying, danger of suffering from deadly diseases, danger of upsetting the balance of the basic structure of society. You need to be afraid. You need to be afraid because the fear is letting you know that you need to do something about this. Don't allow yourself to engage in certain activities. Don't entertain certain activities 
Don't permit it. Because once you permit that, it's going to create a problem for you. Whether it's going to create that problem short term or it's going to create that problem long term. So when people keep using that word phobia, you're phobic, you're afraid. And we need to think about it. Maybe there is something that we need to be afraid of. And we really have to stop and think about it. You know, what are they telling us to do? Is this thing good for us? Is it something that's going to help us on an individual level or it's going to help us on a collective level? Is it going to help us in a community level? Is it going to help us on a global level? Or is it going to hurt us? Because some things individuals can do and it may not necessarily hurt anybody else. But when you have a collective group start to engage in certain activities, it's going to create a problem in the community, whether it's in the local community, the national community, or the global community. There are certain things that we shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be doing, not just because it's a moral issue, but because it is a biological threat. It is a biological threat. This is something that is going to attack us on a certain level. It's going to compromise our very existence, right? Now, sex. Now, this signal informs us it's necessary to find a mate for us to engage in sexual activity because in the long term, sex has two purposes. It's for procreation and it's for intimacy, right? Procreation meaning that the human race must procreate. The human race must have babies. And you have that sex urge. It's not just for you to have fun. It's not just for you to engage in recreational activities and make it seem like that's all it is. It's for procreate. If everyone on this planet decided that they're going to have sex just for fun, in a hundred years when everybody starts dying, we wouldn't be here anymore. The human race will cease to exist. If sexuality is being used just for fun, everybody decided that they're not going to have any kids. In a hundred years, the whole planet, every human being will be gone in 100 years. So it is absolutely a biological necessity. So as part of our self-preservation instinct, we have the urge and the need for sex. Sexuality is a need, not just a a, a, a physical pleasure, but is a biological need for in order for us to reproduce the human race. Another reason why sexuality is important is emotional bonding and connecting. Sexuality is to connect two people. It's not just about having fun and just sowing your oats and, and just being recreational with it or looking at it as, as if it's an athletic sport. No, sexuality is for human bonding and connection. It's for human intimacy. And we have distorted it, perverted it, and created into something that is not functional anymore. It's something that, that has become disgusted and nasty because we have the pornography industry doing that. We have people practicing all type of sexual perversions. So they took something that is so natural, something that is a biological need, and they have corrupted it. They have corrupted it. As a matter of fact, they've taken all these things. Who's they? The people who are in control of this world. The people who operate the world, which is the world governments. The governments are ran by people. The people are influenced by industries. All right. So we're talking about the people who are in charge. 
Now they've taken our basic needs and they have perverted it. They have perverted our basic needs. And now we, we're doing things, but we're doing it with the wrong intention. We're eating, but we're not eating for us to consume the proper nutrients in order for us to fuel the body. We're overeating. We're eating junk food, fast food. We're eating in order for us to feed the industry to keep them fat. It's a greedy industry. The food industry, it's a greedy industry. And they know that we have the biological need to eat. So therefore, they can capitalize off of it. And once they commodified food, made food something that could be bought and sold, they didn't care that the basic purpose of food was to fuel the body. That's the basic purpose of eating is to feed the body the proper nutrients so the body can have energy. Now they took that and they capitalized off of it. Now they're selling us all the things that we are consuming that has no benefit to the body. It's not properly giving the body any nutrients. It's empty calories. We're getting a bunch of junk, synthetic chemicals, artificial flavors, things that don't work for us. They, they, they just perverted everything, right? Now, the last signal that we want to talk about is the pain signal. Yes, pain. Pain is definitely a biological signal to let us know that something is wrong. That's what pain is. If you're receiving, if you're doing something and it's hurting you, it's causing you physical pain, it's causing you emotional pain, it's causing you mental pain, social pain, spiritual pain. That's something that you need to look at. Yes, at times we do encounter some type of pain or level of pain when we're doing certain things that are good for us. An example, you're working out. Okay, because the, the muscles are not used to being utilized in a certain way. Especially if you live a, a very passive, sedative lifestyle where you're not moving, you're not exercising. So if you do go try now to run and work out, you're going to feel a degree of pain. But that pain eventually goes away because the body gets used to being used. Right? But if you're constantly experiencing pain, that is an indication that something is off in the body. That something is wrong. Right. So now they're telling us, oh, we're going to find a way to stop the pain, but we're going to continue the behavior. Now, if you're engaging in an activity that's causing you pain and no matter what you do, that pain doesn't cease to exist. The problem is not the pain. The problem is what you're doing. The problem is not the pain. The problem is what you're doing. So they've tricked us. So instead of us just stopping what it is that we're doing, Look at it, examine it, and find out why it's causing us pain. And find out, should we continue this? Because the pain is a signal that something is off. Something is wrong. Something is not proper. Now, instead of us challenging the pain and find out what is the pain trying to tell us, they're telling us to silence the pain, eliminate the pain, and continue whatever it is that we're doing. So they're telling us to go against our very biology. They're telling us to go against our very nature. Stop the pain instead of find out what's causing the pain because the pain is a signal. 
So now we're engaging in all type of lifestyle activities that's causing us a lot of pain. And instead of us addressing these things that we're doing and stopping them and find a better way to do things to be more healthier, instead we're silencing the pain and we're continuing whatever it is that we're doing that's dysfunctional. That's a problem. That's a problem. And if you're suffering emotional pain, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. You're not supposed to be in a relationship where you're suffering from emotional pain. All right? This is something wrong because us being together in terms of a relationship, whether it be individuals or family or communities, is supposed to bring us joy and happiness. That's something that is part that emotional intimacy that bonding is something that's supposed to build a relationship it's a way to keep us connected to ensure our survival because we have the need to connect emotionally to each other that is a need now if that is bringing you pain you have to suffer that means that something is absolutely wrong and what's wrong is what we're doing the activities that we're engaging in we're doing a lot of things that are basically self-destructive. We're engaging in things that are self-sabotaging, right? So the family is definitely a biological need that we have. The family provides us with our basic necessities. The family keeps us safe. The family helps us secure our biological needs and our emotional needs. So we have a need to have family. But what they've done is say, we don't need family. They've redefined the meaning of family, saying that a family could be anybody. A family could be two men, two women, two people and a dog. No, a human family consists of a man, a woman, and a child or children. That is the biological unit. We cannot redefine that. Now, of course, we have an extended family where you have cousins and grandparents and aunties and other relatives, blood relatives. And then we can have a social family where we have people who are interacting and sharing and bonding and connecting in order for them to, uh, to create a community. But biologically, the family is mother, father, and children. Mother, father produce children because this is what continues our genetic legacy. This is what continues the human race. We cannot change the definition of a family, of a biological family. We need a man, a woman, and a child to continue the biological family. This is facts, and nothing can ever change that, no matter what anybody say, all right? So they're taking our basic biological needs, and they're redefining it, and they're telling us it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that, but that's not the way nature intended it. Nature didn't intend for two men to be a family or two women to be a family because they cannot biologically reproduce a child. Now, some people will say that, well, a lot of men and women can't biologically uh, produce a child. That's just one couple or that may be a million couples, but we have almost 8 billion people on this planet. Obviously, there's a lot of men and women who are connecting, who are having children. Now, this is not a religious thing. It's not even a moral thing. It is a biological thing. We're dealing with basic biology. This is something that must happen. We must have families in order for the human race to continue. There's nowhere that we can get around that. All right. Again, these are basic 
biological urges, basic biological needs that we have. So let's do a quick recap. Recap. We need to eat. We need to sleep. Okay? We need that fear signal to let us know when there's danger. We need to have sex biologically to reproduce and also to get emotionally close to our partners. So it was not a, a, a loveless relationship. Because we want to bring children into the world who are conceived in love. Not just in lust, but in love. We need families because that is how we continue our genetic legacy on this planet. So these are the basic needs that we have. So we cannot in any way change those basic needs. Because that's what it means to be human. For us to engage in these things. Right? Now usually we are in tune with our biological instincts when we are in a natural state. However, something can happen to make us go against our biological instinct. If we are in a traumatized state, this can induce an unnatural reaction. Again, if we are in a traumatized state, this can induce an unnatural reaction. There's a mental conditioning that takes place when we're exposed to any type of trauma. This mental state becomes a program that is triggered whenever we experience something similar. Example, if a group of people, if this group of people, if they are oppressed, abused, or exploited in any way, this produces a state of trauma, right? Now, under this unnatural mental state, they will have a distorted perception of reality. They'll have limited beliefs and irrational thoughts to include certain phobias all right so if a group of people or individuals if they've ever been traumatized that automatically changes their mind changes their whole perception of reality and now instead of them being more connected to their biological instinct and be more in tune to their natural state they're going to deviate they're going to start doing things that are unnatural. They're going to become dysfunctional. This is going to interfere. The trauma is going to interfere with their biological instincts, common sense, intuitive feelings, and cognitive abilities. Now, this is serious. Now, if people are left alone, they're not traumatized. If they're not traumatized, these people are going to stay in their natural state. And once they're in their natural state, they're going to adhere to their biological instincts. They're going to allow their biological instincts to govern them. They're going to listen to their common sense. They're going to be in tune with their intuitive feelings, which we call emotional intelligence. And they're going to have clear thinking where they can actually process things in a logical way. Now, this is, we're talking about people who are not traumatized. But if you have a person who's experienced any type of devastating event, whether it be slavery, whether it be rape, sexual abuse, deprivation, exploitation, oppression, of course these people are not going to be in the right state of mind. And if they're not in the right state of mind, then they're going to do things that are not natural. They're going to do things that are not normal. They're going to do things that basically are no good for them. And they're not even going to be aware that it's no good because they're already messed up in the head. They're already operating from an unnatural place. 
All right. So under this condition, oppression, trauma, devastation, an individual will become dysfunctional and engage in self-destructive behavior. This is a malfunctioning person who is trained or indoctrinated to go against their best interests. Another reason why some individuals go against their biological instinct is being mentally manipulated or deceived into accepting false information. So a lot of people who have not been traumatized, they haven't been traumatized, they haven't ex experienced anything that is so devastating that their minds is just blown away. Now, majority of people are influenced to go against their biological instinct because they are manipulated mentally. They are deceived into accepting false information. That's the problem. As human beings, the majority of information we come to know is learned from our external environment. The majority of our knowledge base comes from outside of ourselves. We tend to ignore, deny, or avoid the information that we receive internally through our spirituality, genetics, biology, and intuition when we are being manipulated. I'll break that down. It's very, very simple. So the majority of time, if we are left alone, you know, we're not traumatized and we're not being manipulated, we're going to take into consideration the information that we get internally through our spirituality, our genetics, our biology, which is the biological instinct, and our intuition. This is the natural state. Because before there were schools to indoctrinate or brainwash people, how did people get knowledge and understanding? How did people get information? How were people taught? First of all, it was intuitive. It was spiritual. It was genetic. Genetically meaning that we have a lot of genetic information that's passed down to us from our parents, from their parents. All right. And intuitively, we can intune to ourselves and get an understanding. Now, all this stuff went out the window when we started being manipulated, deceived by certain people who wanted to be in control. This is what happens. So we ignore, deny or avoid our internal source of knowledge when we are externally being manipulated. We are taught not to take these types of knowledges seriously. Okay, people tell y'all, you, you can't listen to you. You don't know nothing. Who are you? You're not an expert. You're not an expert. You don't know nothing. You didn't get a PhD. You didn't get an education. So why are you listening to your own intuition? Why are you in tune to your own spirituality? Why are you tapping into your genetic memory? Why are you listening to your biological instincts? Why not? That's how people have been surviving for millions of years. Why not? Okay. Now, there are people in society who will benefit if we accept certain lifestyles or practice. So we are socially influenced to adopt new ways or foreign concepts. Unfortunately, we've been instructed to engage in a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors without our conscious awareness. We've been given erroneous information, misinformation or disinformation. All right, this is what we've been given. And a lot of people have no idea that they have been given false information, misinformation, disinformation, the wrong information. They are totally unaware of that. 
The majority of the people on this planet are totally naive and ignorant to this fact. Now let's look at the definition of these words. What is misinformation? It is defined as false or inaccurate information, especially that which is deliberately intended to deceive. Someone's going to give you information deliberately to deceive you. They're going to keep passing down information. You know, they're going to keep reciting the same thing over and over, over and over, as if it's a fact, as if it's truth, and it's, and it's not. And they keep passing it on, right? Now, disinformation is defined as false information which is intended to mislead, especially propaganda issued by a government or organization, right? Now, misinformation. Now, let's see the difference between misinformation and disinformation. Let's see the difference. Now, misinformation refers to false or out-of-context information that is presented as fact regardless of an intent to deceive. Now, disinformation is a type of misinformation that's intentionally false and intended to be used to deceive or mislead, right? So hopefully y'all got it. So if somebody is giving you misinformation, they may not necessarily be trying to deceive you. They just receive an information and they think automatically that information must be correct. So they just keep passing it on. And they just automatically assume that it's factual. They just automatically assume that it's based on truth. But it's not their intention to deceive anybody. It's just that they're passing it on. Now, that, that could be irresponsible. That could be reckless. Why are you passing certain things as a fact when it hasn't been proven to be a fact? But a lot of people are too mentally lazy. So when people tell them things, they're not going to go and check nothing. They're just going to automatically assume, oh, yeah, yeah, it must be right and accept it. Now, on the other hand, disinformation is a deliberate plot. It is propaganda. You have a group of people or you have an individual. They know the truth. This person know the truth. They know that the information that they're giving out is totally false. And they also know the consequences of following that information. They understand that it's going to cause a lot of people harm, but they don't care because their whole objective is to have power and control in order for them to manipulate people to get what it is that they want. All right. So we see the difference between misinformation and disinformation. It's just the intent. Misinformation, the person is not intentionally trying to give you false information, even though it may be false. Disinformation is intentionally giving you false information. Now, some people are unaware that they are promoting, posting or sharing misinformation given to them. They have no idea. They assume this information that was passed on was based on facts, evidence or truth. They automatically automatically believe that the person organization that provided them with this information was honest with good intentions. However, this is not always the case. Some people pass on information that wasn't verified deliberately to manipulate and deceive others because of the social status of the person providing the information. It is assumed to be accurate. There's an assumption that people who are in the position of authority, such as an expert, quote, or specialist, quote, educator, leader, media, or government will not lie. People automatically assume that these people won't lie. Whatever they say is just accepted as a fact or truth. 
<clears throat> Most people don't ever question the validity of the information they provide or they receive. Either they're receiving the information or they're providing it. They don't ever question the validity. Now let's look at the definition of the word validity. It's defined as the following. The quality of being or factually sound. The state of being legally or officially binding or acceptable. The quality of being based on truth or reason. The quality of being correct or true. Unfortunately, a large portion of societal information provided to the public are not valid. We just accept it, even though the information is not based on truth, reason, evidence, or good judgment. Many of our societal institutions have been guilty of giving us misinformation. The religion. We have religion. The religious institutions, they are notorious for giving people misinformation. And if we could venture to say religion itself is based on misinformation. Because religion itself is not based on any evidence or any facts. Nothing that is said in religion can be proven with facts. Now people accept religion on the basis of faith. They believe. Why? Because they believe. Because they feel that that information is right. Because their heart tells them that it's right. They're, they're relying on something that they feel to verify that information. There is no evidence to support any type of religious belief. There's no type of science or facts. Now there may be certain aspect of the belief that may be valid, okay? But overall, the point of believing in something that you cannot see, something that you cannot prove, is not based on any evidence. You can't see it. So religion is really notorious for, for giving or providing misinformation. Science. Science is notorious for giving us misinformation. A lot of people try to just blindly accept science. Oh, it's, it's valid, it's factual, why? Because the scientists say so. If we really pay attention, scientists are constantly changing their minds. They're constantly rewriting the story. They changing the narrative. Now, a lot of things that they're telling us is a hypothesis. This is something that they're assuming. It's a, it's a scientific guess. This is not based on scientific evidence. A lot of the science is not based on scientific evidence or facts. It's based on hypothesis. People are guessing because they have conducted an experiment and they found that this may happen if this happened, this may happen if that happened. So they're assuming with no facts that this is what's happening. That's science. And a lot of people start talking about stuff as if it's factual. Let's take one example, the theory of evolution. People say the theory of evolution is a fact. But wait a minute, it's a theory. How can a theory be a fact? This is not something that has been proven. It has not been proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that is factual. Now it's an assumption, it's an educated guess. And it's passed out as science. There's a lot of things that people used to say was scientific and they found out that it was pseudoscience, meaning that it was based on false information, misinformation, erroneous information. It was not based on any facts, all right? Now, education, educational institutions, 
Now, we can go on for days about that. So a lot of things that are being taught in school that are not based on facts. It's not based on concrete evidence. It's a lot of distortions, a lot of uh, um, misperceptions. So a lot of, 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 of education is basically subjective. A lot of people are, are telling us their, their opinions of things. It's not based on facts. As a matter of fact, we do have a movement right now where people want to remove the facts from, from education in terms of history. They want to distort history by removing the facts, by saying that certain things didn't happen the way they, they had happened. They call it, you know, people are revising history. They're saying, oh, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. Yeah, sometimes it didn't happen. And that was the misinformation. But other times it did happen. There's a lot of things that did happen and they don't want us to talk about it. All right. Now the government, obviously there's a lot of misinformation from the government due to corruption. A lot of governments are totally corrupt and they want to give us a lot of misinformation. The medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, there's a lot of misinformation that comes out of that area. I mean, it's, that's a fact, a lot of misinformation, because a lot of people in the medical industry have been sued, okay? The pharmaceutical companies, they produce drugs that they say that's medicine, but in actuality, it has a lot of side effects that's killing people, disabling people, and causing other miserable conditions. The medical industry, they claim that they know what they're doing, but yet they're practicing medicine in a way that is not helping or healing people. Right now, the entertainment industry, that's something that definitely promotes a lot of misinformation. When we're watching television, we're watching movies, we're being entertained. But within that entertainment, they're sending us a lot of information. And the information that they're giving us, we assume that is factual. Why? Because we saw it in a movie. That's part of the brainwashing thing. Because a lot of times people are given information. If you're constantly being repeatedly exposed to something, after a while you start to accept it as a fact or reality. In reality, it's not. Right? Now, some of the information provided by these industries, organizational businesses, are deliberately false. They're made to deceive. The information that, that they create to disperse to the public it's falsehood, lies, deception, manipulation, and even mythology. Mythology, superstitions. We're given this as facts. All right? We are given the information as a combination of mixed data. Yet, we're expected to separate the reality from the fantasy. Truth from lies. Fairy tales from facts. Since most people lack the knowledge, common sense, or wisdom to read between the lines, they can't distinguish what's real or false. They become confused, lost, or frustrated. So they just accept and believe what they're told. Most people are so distracted by everyday reality, struggling to survive, or just trying to make it through. They don't bother to question the credibility of the dispersed information provided by the people in the position of power. Now we can look back at the pages of history and see all the lies and deceptions that were spread as truths. The majority of people in Western societies were illiterate and, and they weren't part of, uh, of the ruling class. They were the peasants. They were dependent on the ruling elite class to provide the leadership. Religious leadership played a very important role in these societies. 
people were encouraged to have blind faith in the church or God to just trust that everything was going to work on their behalf or work in their favor. Somehow, everything was going to be all right, regardless of their reality of poverty, pain, suffering, and misery. Now, not much has changed since these days, these medieval days. Even though we have a higher literacy rate right now, education is available for most people. Information is everywhere with the advancement of technology, yet people are still operating on blind faith and trusting their leaders. They're trusting their leadership. They're trusting that the politicians, the religious leaders, celebrities, and entertainers are going to give them the truth. They're going to just accept what they say without questioning the validity of the information they provide them. People are led to believe they are educated when in actuality they are indoctrinated. There's a difference. Now let's look at the definition of the word indoctrinate. It means to teach someone to fully accept the ideas, opinions, and beliefs of a particular group and to not consider other ideas, opinions, and beliefs. Indoctrination involves the following. Someone is teaching you just to see things from one side view. You only are given a one side perspective. You're not allowed to see the whole thing. You're only allowed to see an angle or degree of it. Now, they're teaching you to ignore or dismiss other views or opinion. They don't want you to see the whole thing. So they just want you to see a particular view and dismiss and disregard everything else. Now, they're going to influence, force, or coerce you to follow a particular set of belief. That's what it is. That's an indoctrination. They prevent people from thinking independently. They stop your critical thinking. Right? They are imposing their own ideology, worldview, philosophy, perspective, and perception on you. That is being indoctrinated. That is being indoctrinated. That's what the whole purpose of me doing this podcast today about misinformation is to help us to start to think. I want you all to think about the misinformation that's been given to you. Now, I can talk all day about that, but I'm going to just give some examples of some of the misinformation that has been given to us. All right, let's let's go ahead and get started. Now, let's deal with the cigarette companies. The cigarette or tobacco industry has repeatedly lied about the fact that its products are are healthy. They lied. They said that their products are healthy, that anybody can smoke cigarettes and they're going to be all right. There's no problems. Okay. They deny that the cigarette products or the tobacco products are unhealthy, addictive, or dangerous. They have denied that. Now, it was reported that in 1964, there were more than 70 million smokers consuming tobacco products and the industry made at least $8 billion annually. The Surgeon General at that time, 1964, issued a report during this time that that revealed the health hazards of smoking. Yet the tobacco company was still allowed to sell their products to consumers, despite of the fact that it was known to be toxic, toxic to consumers' health. Now, this is the fact. 
1968, the federal government required the tobacco industry to place a warning label on its product to inform buyers of potential health problems. Right? Now, can you think about this? Just think about this for a second. The United States government, the federal government, they knew because they found out prior to 1964 that people were dying of cigarettes. People were, were, were receiving all type of illnesses because of that. But yet they still allowed the cigarette companies, the, the tobacco company, to sell their products. Ain't that something? Now, this is what we're talking about here. This is what we're talking about. They know. They know for a fact that cigarette smoking caused cancer, lung cancer, throat cancer, and other cancers in other parts of the body. Cigarette smoking caused heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, such as uh, uh, emphysema and bronchitis. It increases the risk for tuberculosis, arthritis, immunological disorders, and cataracts. It increases complications in pregnancies. It causes women to have miscarriage, stillborns, low birth weight, and birth defects. It increases infertility in women and men. It affects oral health of people. It promotes tooth decay and gum disease. They know all of this, but yet they allow the tobacco industry to sell their products until today. And this is something they know before 1964. So we talk about over 50 years. Now, because of this fact, okay, the tobacco companies, they have been sued. They have been sued for billions of dollars. They have been sued and they've made money. Even the states sued the tobacco company to recoup the money that they spent to help people who are suffering from disease related to smoking. So this is an area where we see there's a problem, but yet they are promoting this product as if it's okay. Just because they put a little warning sign that, hey, you could smoke, but you're smoking at your own risk, that makes it okay. Now, wouldn't it be better for the government to know that smoking causes all this problem and causes millions of people to die? Wouldn't it be better for them to just make smoking illegal? Don't sell the product. Just stop that company from selling their product. That's it. But because they are in the business of making money, because they get money kicked back from the tobacco industry, they go ahead and allow them to continue to sell their products without a problem. Let's look at another industry, the dairy industry. We are told by the United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, dairy industry and the medical industry that cow's milk was needed for strong bones to maintain good health. However, it has been proven by numerous researchers, doctors, and scientists that cow's milk has a detrimental effect on human health. Milk and other dairy products contain saturated fat and contribute to the following disease, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's disease. Studies reveal there's an increased risk for women of breast and ovarian cancer who consume high-fat diet containing dairy products. This research was conducted by the National Cancer Institute, the National Institute of Health, and the World Cancer Research Fund. This research also received information 
And it was revealed that dairy products are linked to an increase in prostate cancer in men. Some people suffer from lactose intolerance. They lack the ability to fully digest lactose, which is sugar, and dairy. This is also called milk intolerance. A large percentage of non-Westerners are affected by this. In the United States, we have the statistics. 95% of Asian Americans are lactose intolerant. 95% of African Americans, black people, are lactose intolerant. 74% of Native Americans are lactose intolerant. Caucasians are 15% intolerant lactose intolerant so it's a problem these individuals may not be aware that they they have a reaction to dairy products they may experience the following symptoms indigestion upset stomach abdominal pain cramp diarrhea gas bloating instead of removing dairy from their diet people who are lactose intolerant are encouraged to con continue consuming dairy products but just to take an enzyme supplement before eating any type of dairy all right so can we imagine that the government know that a lot of people the majority of people in this country majority of indigenous populations they are lactose intolerant but yet milk is being promoted by the industry as if it is the ideal food for people now think about it as a species human beings are the only ones who are drinking animals milk no other animal on this planet is consuming any other animal's milk. We are the only ones. It's just something to think about. I don't want to go too deep in it, but, you know, something to think about. Now, let's talk about just sexual health. Let's just talk about sexual health here for a second. Now, you know, again, I'm going to get a little graphic, so I hope I don't offend anybody. But we're talking about scientific facts, right? scientific facts now we live in a society that's pretty much encouraging us especially in western society they are pretty much encouraging us to engage in all type of sexual behaviors but they're not telling us that some of these sexual behaviors that we're engaging in can really be detrimental to our health they're not telling us that they're making it seem as if go ahead on and have sex it's not a problem yeah but we're going to specifically talk about anal sex here Anal sex is being promoted and encouraged, but the health risks or the diseases associated with it are being ignored or hidden. People are not talking about the dangers of anal sex. They talk about it's, it's okay. You can have anal sex is the same thing as having vagina sex. That's not true. That's misinformation. Now, let's look at the problem with that. Possible anal tearing. Okay, the rectum or the butt is not self-lubricating. So it's always, there's always that possibility. Nine and a half time out of 10, 10 out of 10, there's going to be some type of cut, injury, or damage, even if it's on a microscopic level. So the vagina may have some tears as well, but it's made for that. It's self-lubricating. So because of that, it reduces the probability of the tears. Now in the anus, that probability is always there, all right? Now, having these cuts, visible or microscopic tears, increase the risk of STD transmission and allow bacteria to travel into the bloodstream. This is what happens when you have anal sex. Now, according to CDC, the Center for Disease Control, anal sex is the most riskiest type of sexual activity. I'm not making this thing up. CDC, 
they say that anal sex is the most riskiest type of sex that you can have. All right, because it increases your rate of catching STDs to include HIV. All right, this is serious. The anal skin is very thin and it tears very easy. And it makes it easy for you to get diseases. Now, also, it may cause your colon to be perforated, meaning that you may have damaged your colon. All right, this is in a medical emergency. If you have abdominal pain, bleeding, you can cause damage to your colon. Loss of bowel control, weakening of the anal muscles, internal hemorrhoids, tear in the lining of the anus or rectum. We're talking about some serious emergency, going to the emergency room. Right now, all these problems can cause a lot of discomfort, misery, suffering, and it can lead to some serious infection. It can be, again, like I said, a medical emergency. All right? Now, now they keep comparing the anus to the vagina. Oh, them, oh, it's the same thing. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. The vagina was created to accommodate a penis. The anus is not. It's not created for penetration by a penis, an object, a finger, or anything else. The vagina is self-lubricating when arousal is achieved. Now, for the anus, you have to put artificial lubrication because it's not naturally lubricated because it was not intended to be for penetration. It wasn't intended for that. Now, we really have to understand the facts and the reality here. A lot of people are just blindly following these people. Well, go have anal sex. And we have a lot of women now who are trying trying anal sex. Everything that feels good for you ain't good for you. And I'm not here trying to be a preacher. It's not a moral issue. It's a biological problem. The booty, the anus was not made for that. And because of that, people are at risk for having a lot of disease. All right, continuing. Now let's talk about condoms. All right, we always hear about use condoms, use condoms. They're talking about condoms as if condoms protect you 100% of the time. Now, we do hear condoms are promoted as being 100% safe. Everyone, everywhere in the social media, medical industry, and pharmaceutical industry, uh, uh, pharmaceutical industry, they're always talking about condom usage is, is the best. You have to use a condom. But they're not telling you that a condom is not 100% safe. Okay? Condoms are not 100% effective at preventing STDs or pregnancies. Now, the best thing to prevent STDs in pregnancy is celibacy, it's abstinence, all right? Now, a lot of people use condoms and they still get STDs, they still get pregnant. So we really have to think about that before we make our decisions. We want to just put on a condom and go have sex, all right? Now, a condom is supposed to be 97%, you know, accurate in preventing what? Pregnancies. But... There's a lot of things that you have to take consideration before, you know, you get that 97%. Okay? That that condom can't be damaged or cracked. It can't be expired. You can't use oil-based lubricants with it. You got to open the condom the right way because if you open it with your teeth, you, 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 you run the risk of tearing it open. All right? Now, you have to not reuse the condom after you use it. I mean, you have to use it the right way. And if you use it the right way, that's still a 97% 
chance that you're not going to get somebody pregnant. Obviously, there's a 3% or higher. All right. So it's very important that we pay attention to the misinformation about condoms. Condoms, they're not 100% proof of anything. The only thing that's 100% is abstinence and celibacy. That's the only way that you guarantee 100% that you're not going to get pregnant and you're not going to get somebody pregnant or you're not going to get an STD. So it's a lot of misinformation on the condoms as well. Not douching, douching. Women are taught throughout Western culture to use commercial douches for various reasons. If they have vagina irritation, discharge, pain, itching, and burning. Douching before or after sex, they, they advertise it for freshness. All right? But they're not telling you that the fact that you're douching increases your risk of contracting an STD. A lot of they, they're not telling you that because the fact that you're douching, it is causing microscopic tears in the vagina. And because of these microscopic tears, there's a possibility that you can get microbes to go into your bloodstream, which increase the risk of your infections. They're not telling us that. That's something that they're not telling us. So we have to be careful when they promoting these things. Go ahead on and do this. Go ahead on and do that. But wait a minute. What's coming out of that? Let's look at another area. Toxic shock syndrome. They're encouraging young girls, especially women who are physically active. They're playing sports. They like to dance to use, you know, tampons. But they're not telling you that tampons are associated with toxic shock syndrome. They're not telling you that, that that can cause you to be at risk to develop toxic shock syndrome. They're not telling you that, which is basically an infection, a serious infection. All right. Now using tampons used to insert in the vagina to absorb menstrual blood that can lead to toxic shock syndrome. 25% of users get it. All right. Now this is a serious problem. They're not telling us that. That women can have some serious issues. They got muscle aches, vomiting, confusion, weakness, tiredness. Um, they start to urinate less, being thirsty, maybe bloodshot eyes or redness in the eyes. These are signs. Rapid drop in blood pressure, lightheadedness or fainting, high fever of 102 or greater, difficulty or trouble breathing. These are all signs of toxic shock syndrome. They're not telling us that. They're not telling us that the birth control that they're giving women have a lot of side effects. A lot of side effects, increasing the risk of heart attacks, strokes, and 50 other serious life-threatening effects. It's a lot of things that they're not telling us. Now, I could stay here and talk for hours about all the things that they have misinformed us on. I just briefly touch on some things that we need to go and do more research about. Go do more research. You don't have to accept what I'm saying as facts, go do some more research. Some of the things that I brought to your attention. Now, the overall point of today's topic is misinformation. We have to really think about the information that we are receiving from the public, from the government, from the medical industry, from the pharmaceutical companies, from entertainers, from education, from religion. We really have to examine the information closely and not blindly follow Whenever we hear something, we automatically assume that's true to it. We automatically assume that it's something that's good for us. We would say, why would they promote information that is going to cause us harm, cause us to be unhealthy or sick? Why? 
because they can. Why? Because they're benefiting from it. There's something that they're getting out of this. Whatever it may be, whether it's money, whether it's power, whether it's a control, whatever it may be, we have to be the one to educate ourselves. We have to be the one to decide if an information is going to benefit us or it's going to harm us. We are responsible for everything that happened to us. So we have to take control of our lives. Thank you.